episode of Two Slips in a Gully, where we talk everything cricket and everything happening in the cricket world right now. I'm joined by my friend Manav, and today we have two guests, Arav and Samir. Uh, today we'll be talking about the uh, upcoming semifinals, uh, namely the New Zealand versus Pakistan and India versus England. So first, jumping into New Zealand versus Pakistan, um, what kind of matchups do you guys see going on and uh, which side do you think has the upper hand here? Yeah, I mean, first of all, it was an absolute miracle that, that Pakistan reached the semifinals. Um, the Netherlands taking out South Africa, Pakistan being South Africa convincingly and winning all their remaining games. I think the big battle between bowler and bat is going to be obviously Trent Bolt versus Bob Razum. Those two have had quite a bit of a history in the past, as we saw in the Tri-Series final, as well as the World Cup in 2019. So I feel like Trent Bolt versus Bob Razum is definitely going to be a key matchup to watch. I feel like T20 in T20s, Pakistan have done better against New Zealand, but right now that past wouldn't really matter because New Zealand is the best performing team as of now for T20s besides India. So in my opinion, I feel like New Zealand have a strong chance in winning this matchup. Yeah, I feel like you see both both teams are very even. I feel like Pakistan has the like like a very deadly deadly bowling attack, but New Zealand does have a good bowling attack as like Lockie Ferguson. So like they have the really quick ball that have to look out for Lockie Ferguson, and they also have a nice batting attack. They have Williamson over there too. So I think it's gonna be a tough matchup, but I think like like Pakistan has to score more runs on the board, and I think um New Zealand's bowling attack will be hard to beat. You know. Yeah, that's a good point that you bring up there. Uh, and speaking of Williamson, uh, just looking at both Bobber and Williamson from not only a captaincy standpoint, but also as batsmen, uh, it's safe to say that they've underperformed or at least in, I mean, in Bobber's case, definitely with Williamson, uh, with the, with the exception of his uh, knock of 60 odd runs the other day, um, he's also pretty much underperformed. I would say this world cup. So do you guys think both of them will uh, step it up? In this semifinal, in the semifinal, yeah. of course. Oh, sorry about that. You can continue on. No, you're good. I was gonna say, yeah, Bobber and Williamson are two of the best white ball batters in the world. Um, Bobber was the, the top scorer last year in last year's World Cup. Williamson had that brilliant knock of eighty something in the final, I think, last year. Um, although one thing that I must say is that New Zealand is a lot less reliant on Williamson than Bobber is uh, than uh, Pakistan is on Bobber Azam because you look at New Zealand and Williamson hasn't really been performing except for uh, the knock of 60 against Ireland, but New Zealand still won majority of their games and they made the semis quite comfortably. Whereas Pakistan and Bobber have been struggling. Bobber has been struggling. He hasn't even had 50 runs in this tournament. Pakistan was struggling and they needed to rely on other teams and they eventually got here. So I think, if both of them fire, it's going to be really good for their teams, um, for Pakistan in particular, because they're a lot more dependent on Bob Razum. I'd like to say something on that. Um, Pakistan and New Zealand, they had their tri-series a few months back, and uh, I believe Pakistan beat New Zealand, if I'm not wrong. 
And if you look at it, Pakistan have played New Zealand in the World Cup six times and they've won a majority of the times. Do you think knowing that they've won most of the matches against New Zealand, would they have like a different view or like a different like confidence going into this match that, hey, we've beaten them before, we can do it again. What do you think they would feel like? Yeah, like definitely. I think Pakistan this time will probably have a different point of view going because it's a semifinal game, you know, like anything can happen. I feel like New Zealand has changed their game plans a lot and Pakistan's probably having a new game plan. But I'm thinking that Bob Rosham as a captain, I, I don't think he's thinking like, oh, we've beat this team so many times. I think he's thinking like, this is a tough team. They've gone to the semis. We've gone to the semis. Let's put our A game out there. And I think Pakistan wants to put their best A game. I think New Zealand is going to show that too. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, also just, uh, but putting that uh, aside in terms of looking at the past, I would say, despite whatever may have happened up until this point, I think it's important to acknowledge that uh, there's still chances for anything to really happen. Like we can see pretty much anything that we haven't seen before happens because of the fact that a lot has been unpredictable in this World Cup. And I feel like if, uh, if Pakistan is taken lightly or even New Zealand is, is taken lightly, it, it would do um, both of them an injustice in terms of what their team stands for. Yeah, definitely. All three of you guys made a really good point. Um, going back on to what Samir said about Pakistan having the, the advantage over New Zealand, one thing that you did say earlier was that everything that happened before now is is irrelevant. Uh Tomorrow, uh, the day of recording is, I think, um, this is um, uh, November 8th, 2022. So the semifinals, the first one is tomorrow at the time of recording. So I think they have to put everything behind them and just come out and play their best cricket because they're in the semifinals and it's, it's do or die. Uh, another thing is uh, coming on to the fact about um, Pakistan playing an extra pacer. We saw against India how they didn't. They had a lack of a bowling option, which left Nawaz to bowl the last over, which was very controversial. Uh, we won't get into it. But I think the addition of Muhammad Wasim Jr. has really helped them out. Uh, what do you guys think about the addition of Muhammad Wasim Jr. in in the squad? Um. Yeah. I mean, yeah. sorry. Yeah, you you want to yeah, go ahead? You go. You go. Sure. All right. No. Uh. I. I just wanted to say that. Wasim has definitely been exceptional um, this World Cup. I mean, um, his four from 24, I'm sorry, four, four, 24. Um, uh, I believe it was against Zimbabwe, uh, where he just sort of ran through that, that batting lineup. And also just in general, he's been able to sort of give uh, some quality performances, uh, regardless of whether he's on the winning side or not. I feel like, He's uh, definitely someone to watch out for, and I feel like it's it's crucial that they put him as a bowling option because of, you know, where he can bowl. Like, it can be earlier on in the game or even later, and he just – he does take wickets, and even when he's not, he's being economical. He plays a great, like, second fiddle, I would say, to um, Shaheen Afridi. Yeah, going on with you, you got what you guys said, you guys made great points. Like, I feel like he's a very, like – He's a very good pacer, like Afridi. I feel like put Pakistan putting him 
as one of the main bowlers is very good, very good, uh, very good option because we don't want like like as I don't think Pakistani fans will want like you know Nawaz bowling that last over or something like that. Something controversial can happen. So like I feel like putting another pacer will reduce the risk of like giving up away runs because we don't want to put. This, I feel like Pakistani bowling attack like. They have very good pacers, and I feel like if they bring a spinner and like the death bowling, it could like cause a lot of runs and over it could cause the game. Yeah, I'd add uh, add on to that. Um, I just had this question I was thinking about while you guys were talking. Um, you know, every every team has great players, right? Uh, they're on the national team because they're great players, like if they're playing for like their whole country or something like that, they're great players and stuff like that. Pakistan, they have amazing player. Their bowler, their bowlers are great. Their batters are great. Everything's great. But in some cricket matches, do you feel that people's comments and words, maybe like older cricket legends and stuff like that, they say their own personal opinions to like if a news, like an interview or something like that, like uh, earlier today, I saw that A.B. de Villiers uh, said that he wants India and New Zealand to face in the final, which was like his personal opinion on the matter. So do you think Pakistan saw this and kind of got mentally affected by this? Or do you think just like legends like this saying that they want another team to win or stuff like that affect the player's performance or is it just based on how they play that day? Yeah. And I mean, you bring up an excellent question. I think this is an, an aspect of the game that probably goes unexplored a lot, but um, I mean, yeah, like we see these senior players who have, you know, since retired and probably are, are doing commentary or just maybe just chilling. They, they sort of come up with their own uh, thoughts on what they want. And I mean, we look at this even in terms of uh, when I believe it was Shoab who um, who uh, implied that Virat should take a rest from T20 uh, so that he can prolong his career. And it's like comments like that that can affect an individual or, I mean, as you said, in, in this case, it would be a team, you know. It, it really comes down to do uh, or does the team take it as sort of just like white noise or do they just do they actually want to use that as motivation and I think that's really up to them but um I feel like with the amount of talk that goes around and um you know the words being exchanged it, it can get to a team it, it can build pressure it can definitely um increase the intensity of what may be going on in the training camp that day but it also gives them more motivation to um, perform and definitely, you know, bring home the cup. It just gives them that much more um, drive, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Uh, both of you guys made good points. I think it affects uh, affects the fans more than it does the players because whenever you go on Instagram and then you see uh, opposition fans trolling players of, let's say, India or Pakistan, then it's always up India Pakistan war itself in the comments. I think um as former players they do have a right to address their own opinions because they're former players and uh they've played, they've been at that stage where the pressure is on. So 
they should have the right to voice their own opinions. But sometimes it gets too much. Like we saw last year, India had probably the worst T20 World Cup out of all the quote-unquote top teams. Didn't make the semifinals. They were the hosts. Harbhajan Singh in particular said, we have not seen a match winner like Hardik Pandya at number six. He is better than a couple days or something like that. But the irony was that against Pakistan last year, Hardik Pandya didn't even come out to bat at number six. He came out to bat at number seven. So you say one thing in the media and then you do one more thing in the match. I feel it is something that isn't, it doesn't really imply balance because you want the team to have a good morale, as you said. And this is the semifinals we're talking about here. This is not the the qualifier stage. Like this is four teams and a chance to play in the finals. So I think the team's morale have to be incredibly high. Yeah, yeah coming. Sorry right, so about that. No, you got it. You got it. You got it. Okay, so I think you guys have made absolutely relevant points, but like I feel like as like legends talking from their own country, I feel like like what Shoaib Akhtar was saying about Pakistan. He's like, like he's very intense. As if I, he's been tweeting like all day saying, um, hoping for Pakistan to win tomorrow, and like he's like comparing it to like nineteen ninety two and like how it was against New Zealand, and he was comparing like how Pakistan was such an underrated team. And they came, they came back from like all these losses. So I feel like I like it's like teams to hear like what legends have to say. I feel like some teams get pressure from it, but I feel like as long as teams have a like cool headed mind and I feel like if they have a game plan coming into the semis and they'll make their way to finals, I feel like they can win it and you know, like that's the most important part. You have to like have a cool mind in these like finals and semifinals because like anything can happen. It's it's a cooking match at the end of the day. So like all these words can like build up into something that can happen. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Arif. Um, words that are said by other people, especially people that are we respect or something like that. Like in this like scenario, we have cricket players of today's generation, and then we have cricket like legends of cricket making comments on today's players and stuff like that. If they really like idolize the legend that says something about them and they maybe accidentally said something negative about them or something like that it could affect them in a negative way if they said something positive about them it could affect them in a positive way but a lot of things like even for us like we're teenagers words that other people say affect us a lot like a lot of people do some people have that problem that someone says something and then it can affect us in a normal way so it's maybe the same for the cricketers that are like older than us of course that are older than us that hey if their teammate says something or something like outsider says something about them it can get into their head and I was going to completely agree with you that whenever there's a match and whenever there's like any match it doesn't even matter if it's the world cup final or any match if you if you're gonna play, you have to play with a positive mindset and you have to be calm. You just have to play normally, just block out the entire world and just focus on the match that is going on. You cannot just listen to anyone else. Just you have to be in the moment. You just have to focus on yourself, focus on the match, and play the best you can to make your team win. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I 100% agree with you. And just to bring up an example of how that point uh, holds true is when you look at people like uh, Brandon Sewag and Gautam Gambir, I mean, in terms of their cricketing career, they have been some pretty amazing uh, people. I mean, Sewag, we know he, he's been destructive. Gambir, obviously, being 
uh, part of that amazing World Cup um, game. But when we look at them from a commentary standpoint, uh, it's easy to say that uh, their work is the best uh, in terms of what they're giving back uh, through their commentary. I mean, Gumbier has always been pretty inconsistent about his thoughts on various players and Sewag, you know, he sort of falls under that as well. He's he's very confusing to understand, but the point being, you know, it's it's about just putting all that aside and you focusing on yourself as a player and, um, you know, just you as a team coming together to, um, you know, face whatever game it is that day with with your your head up and just going into it with the best mind possible. And I mean, I think we also see that with, um, like, watching the uh, Pakistan teams, um, you know, after game pep talks, we see Babur talking to, like, a- after the game with um, India and Pakistan, you know, he was saying, you know, it- it's-, it's not your fault, no lies. And, you know, just addressing each and every individual and keeping their heads up regardless of whatever hate they they may get or you know whatever they're they're about to hear it's just about focusing on each and every individual within that team and ignoring any sort of noise or hate that may come from the outside yeah i mean um definitely um being professional cricket teams and playing for your nation, you're bound to hear some stuff from everybody, from fans, from former players, from coaches. But one thing I wanted to address is um, Mohamed Harris. I mean, he's been, I wouldn't say revolutionized, but he's really helped Pakistan's batting lineup. They've seemed a little iffy. They did have an opening partnership of 50 against Bangladesh, but um, it was very slow as usual. So um, do you guys think Mohamed Harris is going to be a good I I mean, like, X Factor in terms of, like, the way he's going to come out and play because he did say he loves to come out and attack every bowler, so. I mean, he is a really exceptional player, and him being, like, I mean, it's great to have confidence, but you don't want to be too overconfident. Like, um... He's a great player and everything like that, but you just you gotta like calm down. Like having confidence is great, knowing that hey, I this I'm capable of this, I can do this for my team, I can play really well, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, etc. But you can't have that much overconfidence. Cause when you have that much overconfidence, you like your ego, like it builds, it builds like it increases every single time, and just like you kind of lose track of what's happening. So if he's like saying that he's going to attack bowlers and stuff like that, maybe the bowlers will see it and use it as motivation or something like that and end up just getting him out or something like that. But it's his comment. He said that he has the confidence. That's great. But he has to remember that you can't be fully overconfident. Yes, I mean, you make a valid point. Like as a young cricketer, you can't really like, think all these things yes it's very good because you're a very young cricketer you're thinking oh my god oh, I just I did this man I did that oh my god international cricket oh, I'm, I'm smacking all this yes you cannot think that though etc etc because like later on it will affect you in the game you can't have an over like over mindset you cannot think like over yourself because all these cricketers 
no matter like how old they are, no matter how long they've been playing, they've always kept a cold mind, cool and cool and collected mind. You can't like overthink anything. You can't post these stuff saying I'm gonna smack bowlers because you never know. It can be a small piece of information you're giving out to, and bowlers could use that tactic quickly, quickly, and like later on it will reflect in the game. And you can't like you know, I guess you can't really like overthink yourself. You can't really like put out that much information out there you can't really say i'm gonna smack balls and stuff you have to keep a cool head in mind because anything can happen it's a, it's playoffs like anything can happen you can't just start talking trash like, i get like you're like a very good player but you can't really like i guess go and start talking trash saying i'm gonna smack balls because later in the end it'll come back at you it's probably it could have bought you back yeah i think one of the most uh important aspects of the game is being humble and sort of knowing your limits as a player. I mean, regardless of, you know, how much uh, you've accomplished over your career. Uh, I mean, looking at like Virat, for example, you know, uh, he was he was asked about being called the king and the goat. And he says, you know, to me, there's there's only one goat and that's Tendulkar. It, it speaks volumes about, you know, how much uh, he's he's humble. And he knows that despite how much he's he's accomplished, not just for Indian cricket, but for, the game entirely he still has that mindset of i can i can become better um i'm still just another player and i mean you know even uh looking at this upcoming semi-final someone like williamson you know he's he's always kept a very um calm and collected mind as you said are of you know that's that's all you really need i mean i feel like more than anything it's just um forgetting everything that has come up to that point just playing your best game and you know don't as 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 much as you want to be confident in your abilities do so but don't be overconfident and i think that's a very important point that you guys brought up yeah, yeah i'm gonna oh sorry mon if you can go that's yeah, fine yeah i was gonna say that virat kohli definitely has humbled himself a little bit since his comeback uh in the asia cup uh tendulkar obviously was someone that he looked up to and he played with so to pay homage to him is a good thing. And um, as for Kohli himself, he's had a really good World Cup. And if he plays another good knock in the semifinal, uh, I'll be very happy with that. Coming on to uh, the New Zealand team, I think that one player that's going to be absolutely key for them is Glenn Phillips. Um, he's probably been their best batsman this World Cup. Um, he scored that 100 against Sri Lanka, I believe, at SCG. So how crucial do you guys think Glenn Phillips is going to be to New Zealand's success tomorrow? Yeah, I think Glenn Phillips is going to be a very, very crucial player for New Zealand because, like, Glenn Phillips, that 100 was, like, impeccable. That was a very brilliant knock. And I feel like the power that Glenn Phillips brings to New Zealand could, like, because we know Pakistan's bowling attack is very strong. So a couple of quick wickets here, taking out New Zealand's opening batsman. Like, Phillips can, like, very, like, affect New Zealand's batting a lot by scoring, like, brilliant like 50s he could be possibly score 50 from like 20 balls you never know but I feel like Glenn Phillips could be a danger for Pakistan because I feel like like the I feel like more pace for Pakistan bowlers I feel like Glenn Phillips will like knock it out of the park he, he enjoys those pace bowlers he can hit them for sixes anywhere around the park so who knows who knows like Glenn Phillips could be stopped that day but we, we don't know we'll see tomorrow
Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we've seen him uh, be pretty consistent throughout this entire tournament, and New Zealand will be hoping that he can continue that um, form. But again, you know, uh, all we have to hope is that that doesn't suddenly go away or, you know, disappear uh, because of the fact that, you know, if he were to not score, then they really have to start banking on their um, top order. And again, you know, as we've said, Williamson has not been firing, but we we hope, I mean, New Zealand hopes uh, that uh, he can fire in this World Cup because they're going to need all the support that they can get. And, I mean, even Pakistan, right? We look at them. Their uh, middle order has been very, very concerning, but their their top order has been just as much. So if um, Glenn Phillips fires... Uh, in in that scenario, I would say that New Zealand is probably gonna win the game because he's a game changer for them more or less. And I mean, even on the field, he's, I mean, he's been called Superman for his amazing abilities to field, just the way that he is. He's very active. So I mean, yeah, he's he's a crucial player uh, in regards to not only his batting but even his um, fielding as well. Yeah, of course. Um, Williamson is definitely crucial. Um, he's part of the Fab Four for a reason. Hasn't had as good a tournament as you would have liked with the bat, but it is Kane Williamson. You can't really rule him out. Um, last year, he didn't have a convincing performance in the group stages, but um, in the final, when the team needed it the most, he he really came through, although New Zealand weren't able to win. But um, another batter that I want to address from New Zealand is Finn Allen. Um, I saw a lot of people telling me that Finn Allen is reminding them of Brendan McCollum and how he used to strike the ball from the opening and just attack the bowlers. And in the first game against Australia, the way he attacked Mitchell Stark was, was quite quite incredible to watch. Um, taking, I think, 16-17 off, off his first over. And then from that point, it was just a New Zealand game. And we compare um, Finn Allen a lot to um, Mohamed Harris. Both of them were looking to attack from the start and looking to put runs on the board. So I think Finn Allen has to make a substantial score for New Zealand to get off to that crucial start when they're batting. Yeah, good point from Monif. I feel like Finnallon's a very crucial player. I mean, if he can hit Mitchell Stark for 17-16 runs and one over, I mean, he could possibly do that for Nassim Shah and Harris Ruff. So I feel like Harris Ruff and Nassim Shah have to be careful of where they're, like, yes, they have pace and that can really scare people. But they also have to work, focus on the lengths they're bowling because if they bowl like not like they don't if they don't bowl those good lengths that they do then Finn Allen's gonna take over and Finn Allen can hit those balls out of the park man like that dude can smack the ball he can smack Mitchell Stark and Mitchell Stark's one of the quickest balls like I've ever seen in my life so I feel like if Finn Allen can like if um Pakistani bowlers slack on their lines in the first opening over, it could be problem. Finn Allen could take over, score like 20 runs, like two overs, and yeah, it could be a very, very, very good start for New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, uh, I think one of the stats of this World Cup was that Finn Allen has the highest power play strike rate, which is incredible because as an opening batsman, that's what your team is expecting from you. And yeah, Arav, like you said, if the Pakistani bowlers miss their line in length. Uh, it can be very detrimental. Like we've seen 
Uh, just taking even the recent game with um, South Africa versus Netherlands. I know that's a bit of a, of a leap, but if you if you look at it, they have arguably one of the best pace attacks in this entire World Cup. Yet it went wrong for them because their their bowlers could not execute. I mean, Rabada, who is considered one of the most feared bowlers, went for. I'm not entirely sure how many runs he he went for, but he had an economy of 12 or above it, if I'm not mistaken. And I mean, that that just goes to show you, regardless of how good your pace attack may be, you need to hit your line in length. Otherwise, your pace will be used against you. Yeah, definitely. I think um, you guys made good points. Um, as for Rabada, uh, he is one of the best bowlers in the world. And to see him come out in the World Cup and deliver performance like this is so unlike is so unlike him. Um, we saw Shaheen as well in in the first two games. He went wicketless, but he gradually picked himself up and he had that sensational bowling performance uh, against Bangladesh. Um, last thing before we wrap up the first semi final is uh, predictions. Uh, who do you guys think is going to win? Who do you think is going to make the final? And um, who and who not are you expecting to perform? Yeah, so me personally, I think like this could sound pretty biased, but I think India could make the final, and I'm pretty sure I think it can be an India New Zealand final. My second option could be an England and New Zealand final. I don't know, but I feel like New Zealand is a bullet, and England, like England's like New Zealand are both bullet teams. So like them in a final could be very intense, like as it was in the 2019. ICC World Cup final and they could like go back to those days. I feel like India, if they want to like be in the final, I feel like they're they also have to have come with the game plan. I think Kohli, he's always so good under pressure, so I feel like Kohli just has to keep his mind right. And I feel like Pakistan also has a chance in the final as well. Like all these four teams are very very talented teams, and Pakistan that like the Bob Rosden has to make a very 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 like very good game plan as like their bowling attack is very very good. So as long as Nassim Shah Harris will hit their lines, you know, anything is possible. They can get a couple easy wickets, couple couple of good batsmen now. And I feel like Pakistan like can make like all these four teams can make the finals. Like it's like it's a 50-50% chance all these teams can make the final. So good luck to every single team. But who knows? We'll see tomorrow. We'll see tomorrow and Thursday. Yeah, and I mean, uh absolutely. Uh each team has been incredible up to this point. Um, however, I do want to just go ahead and, and put it out there that I think New Zealand is going to win tomorrow. Uh, I just feel like they've been a lot more consistent and they've re- really earned their spot in this semifinal and they'll probably win it. And I think, if anything, uh, it's going to be uh, New Zealand's batting that really gets them there. But that's just my prediction. Yeah, definitely. You guys made um, very valid predictions. Um Definitely a close one to call. Personally, I think Pakistan's going to win it, but New Zealand, with the way they've performed in ICC tournaments, you, you don't want to rule them out. Um, now we're going to go into the second semifinal, which is, of course, England playing India at the Adelaide Oval on Thursday, uh, 3 a.m. Eastern, Eastern Standard Time. Um, as far as both teams' journey to, to make the semifinals, uh, India, of course, won four games, including... Uh, a close one against Pakistan, uh, a close one against Bangladesh, and then they wiped out um, teams like uh, Netherlands and um, um, Zimbabwe as well. 
And as far as England is concerned, uh, we saw them lose to Ireland in a rain-affected game, and then they had a washout as well to Australia. That game could have ended. We don't know how it would have ended, but it probably would have made a difference considering the fact that Australia aren't in the semifinals. So what do you guys think about um, this matchup between India and England? I think we're in for a good game. Yeah, I definitely think that this is going to be a cracker of a game. I mean, we have two top-class sides, um, India, who have been very dominant this entire um, World Cup. And on the, and then England, who, uh, you know, just have been absolutely amazing. Um, I think it's important to consider that both teams are actually pretty different in terms of not only their approach to the game, but um, also um, – their like squads and lineups because when you have a team like India uh, it's always been more about their their collective team effort and you look at that through I mean and you really see that you know uh, comparatively to England they have slower pace I think that's one of the big talking points uh, India in general has always well not always but for a long time um not have the same amount of pace that um, other teams have, but that hasn't stopped them from, you know, performing. Like someone like Archdeep has been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, we've seen him just run through top orders like this. And I mean, it's his first World Cup, <clears throat> sorry, World, World Cup, and he's already on his way to becoming the leading uh, Indian wicket taker in any edition of a T20 World Cup, which is amazing. Um, and then, you know, obviously, Apunesh Kumar has been phenomenal with the ball. He's bowled the most dot balls in this World Cup so far for any team. I think it's like 62 or something, which is amazing. I That's that's really amazing. Uh, someone like Shami, who brings experience to the team, you know, uh, in place of Bumrah. Hardik Pandya always hitting those lengths that troubled the batsman. And looking at England's bowling lineup, I mean, Mark Wood, that guy bowls some amazing pace. He has been, he uh, bowled, I believe, the fastest ball at around 156 kilometers per hour, which is amazing. Um, Chris Wilkes, you know, obviously someone to watch out for. He's been pretty phenomenal. Um, and Sam Curran, definitely don't rule him out as a bowling option. He's he's performed very well this World Cup. Uh, I mean, obviously... Uh, the batting is a whole different story, but um, just looking at what this game holds for us, it's quite a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I think England-India is going to be a tough game. You know, India's bowling attack, it's like like they've experienced this. They have Shami, you know, they have Nishra Kumar has been bowling, made into left, right, and center. We have Arsdeep Singh. Young debutant who's like been bowling absolutely brilliant. He got his first wicket in um for India in the T Twenty World Cup against Bob Raz on first ball. So I think RC playing with his swing and his good pace, you know England bat England bat could be struggling with that. And with Mama Shami's experience and Nishra Kumar's length and hardly following the short balls, I think it could be a tough time for England. But England does have Josh Butler and some explosive batsmen that can like really hit the ball out of the park. So it's going to be a tough, tough game, you know, tough, tough game. Uh, I think it's 50-50 for each team. So, yeah, it's going to be even. Yeah, definitely. You guys made good points. I think we're going to have a good game. 
um, they did mention that we are playing at the Adelaide Oval, which is a ground that Virat Kohli in particular does well on. Um, India has done well on the Adelaide Oval when they've played there this tournament. Um, as for England, I think um, a lot of their success relies heavily on Joss Butler. Um, first and foremost, being the captain, leading England out in the semifinal, no easy joke. Secondly, he's been probably England's most dominant batsman in this form of the game. So how crucial do you guys think Joss Butler will be to this England team in terms of uh, how they're going to play against India in the semifinal? Because we talk about India's bowling and them having not necessarily the express pace, but good variations. And we look at Bhuvaneshwar Kumar and Arsip Singh in particular, guys that can swing the ball and have been taking early wickets throughout this tournament. So how do you think Joss Butler will look to uh, take those two on in particular? Um, I think a big talking point is going to be um, when you look at um, India's game with Bangladesh, uh, they went wicketless in the power play uh, and Bangladesh were at 70 something runs, which is crazy to think about. And I feel like the reason for that was because the pitch wasn't offering much swing. So I feel like if um, when uh, India is playing against England, if the pitch isn't going to offer much swing, that's going to be a huge problem because, um, you know, Joyce Butler's going to absolutely capitalize on the pace of Arshdeep and he's going to just batter Bhuvaneshwar all over the park. So really, um, it needs to be a good bowling pitch for India to be able to uh, t- take out that top order of England, especially the uh, dangerous Butler and, and even Hales, who has been a great partner to him up top. And obviously, you know, someone like Livingston is going to be ready to hit the ball from the first ball. So really, we just need to hope that more than anything, it's it's a bowler's uh, pitch. Uh, and that'll really help the bowlers because other, otherwise, I mean, Butler is such a class uh, white ball player. I mean, he's had such a phenomenal run uh, post IPL and and now he's he's captain. He has that added responsibility. But I feel like um, for for England to be looking at how they want to approach this Indian bowling attack, I think it's really just about finding uh, who the weak link would be in that case and then sort of going after them. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't know if you guys heard, but apparently Rochema picked up a minor injury while batting the Nets, but recovered soon and is now fit to play against England. So, like, I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, like, Rochema had, like, a little injury or something in the Nets. So, like... I don't, I don't like. I feel like players as of right now in the Nets should be like, they shouldn't like. I guess hurt themselves now because it's semifinal game. But yeah, what what Fika is saying, Josh Butler has been dominating in the IPL like a lot, man. He's been like, he scored a, like a century in IPL. Like he's been dominating left, right, and center. So it's gonna be tough for the Indian bowlers to get against Josh Butler, and they have to face a very good bowling attack. They have Mark Wood, who's probably the fastest bowler in this whole World Cup, and they have Sam Curran, you know. It's going to be pretty tough, and they have Chris Wilkes, so it's going to be pretty tough for India, but I'm pretty sure pretty tough for England, so it's going to be an yeah, even match. Yeah, definitely. Uh, hopefully, Rohit Sharma is doing okay because um, both as a captain and as a batsman, India needs him heavily. Uh, we say this time and time again, if Rohit Sharma can just fire in one game, then I think India is going to be really tough to beat because you look at guys like Virat Kohli, who has the most runs this tournament. Um, 
we have uh, guys like Suri Kumar Yadav, who's been on an absolute roll, um, 50s against South Africa and uh, against uh, Zimbabwe as well. He got one against Netherlands too, I believe. So if Rohit Sharma can find some form, then India's batting is going to be something to look out for. As for uh, key matchups, I think it's going to come down to two players. Uh, for England, it has to be Ben Stokes. He has to deliver both with the bat and the ball. He is England's X factor, if you will, I think. He's going to have a lot of pressure on him just to perform being one of the senior players in the team because you have guys like Liam Livingston and uh, Alex Hills and guys like Sam Kern, guys that are either coming back after a long time or playing their first or second T20 World Cup. So Ben Stokes, who's played a number of T20 World Cups and has played a number of games in this format, I think is going to lead by example. Uh, hopefully not for us as an Indian fan, but I think if any player is going to do it, it's going to be him. And for India, it has to be Surya Kumar Yadav um, being the number one ranked batsman in this format. Um, the way he played last game against Zimbabwe as well, that was just beautiful to watch some of the shots he played. I think if both of them can fire for their teams, then we should expect a very exciting contest. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ben Stokes uh, is someone that has been a vital cog in that um, England side. Uh, and I feel like he needs to deliver uh, this semifinal in order for England to really have a good fighting chance. I mean, there are all there. Sorry, there are other um, batsmen in that lineup who can hit and get runs on the board, but Ben Stokes is just as likely to do that for them. And I feel like he can really step up. And in terms of India, yes, yeah, Sky is has been a very big part of that batting lineup. He he makes batting on any pitch look easy. He's He's, you know, just brilliant. No words for him. I mean, I mean, even A.B. de Villiers has uh, said that he's he's come close to uh, becoming the next, quote-unquote, 360 player. But we can only hope that, you know, Sky fires. Because, again, as we've mentioned before, um, it doesn't matter what has happened up until this point. It just matters on the day of. I mean, we saw that in um, India versus New Zealand. 2019 where we were doing so well in that tournament and then the semis came and then wow that was just uh, a game that we'd all like to forget but I feel like if our players can really step up and do their job I mean even someone like Virat Kohli you know he's been amazing this uh, World Cup he's had a comeback to remember for the ages I mean he's he's been player of the month as well and with all that in mind we still you know have to think about the fact that there's a chance that he could fail. So just really have to hope that the players who, who need to fire, fire tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. So I think this is going to be a very good, very good um, semifinal. Both teams are even, and I feel like both teams have to have a cool mindset and a game plan ready to kill, you know, go for the kill, go for the final. And yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Um, this is the first, I think, knockout game between India and England uh, for a very long time. I think definitely we're going to expect a really good game. Um, hopefully, as an Indian fan, we win and we go on to win the World Cup. But um, I'm not going to lie, I am nervous because England, they have made knockouts in ICC events before. They are the reigning World Cup champions of ODI cricket. And they're they are a good team in this format. I mean... Sure, they're missing 
pieces like Jofra Archer, Owen Morgan has retired, Joe Root doesn't play T20 cricket anymore, which he was actually a very solid player for them in this format. But still, the England DNA is still there. Um, definitely a mouth-watering clash is expected, and uh, hopefully we win. Yeah, uh, it's definitely going to be uh, a game to remember for the ages because of just how much hype there is. Because, you know, last time India didn't even get that far. It was a big letdown in, in the World Cup. But this time, you know, we've we've come all the way here. Now it's just a matter of bringing home the cup. And with England, you know, they'll be looking to sort of reestablish themselves and say we're still a, a dominant force in um, international cricket. And I think it really just comes down to both teams are playing for something big, not just the World Cup, but also a chance at furthering their um, reputation in international cricket. I feel like that's a big part of the game. I mean, we see Australia um, who were defending champions until now, and now they're, they've been knocked out. So, I mean, really, this is a chance for both teams to prove uh, their quality of cricket. And I mean, same goes for Pakistan and New Zealand, you know. Um, it's just a matter of them proving their um, sportsmanship and their and their ability and their just overall, you know, yeah, the cricketing skill. So I think at the end of the day, um, whichever team just does best on the given day will go to the finals and then whoever wins the finals, I mean, I guess they would deserve it. Yeah. Basically, what Shreepur said, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, whoever really, whoever plays the better cricket is going to make the final, and whoever plays better cricket in the final is going to win the final. So, you know, let's just see two, uh, four teams. You know, four tough teams. So yeah, let's just, I, I hope India wins, but let's see anything can happen. Yeah, all it takes is one game. Everyone who has been performing, all it takes is one game where they don't perform, and then boom, your tournament is done right then and there. Uh, I think that's going to wrap up today's episode, guys. Uh, we've pretty much covered everything we had to cover. Um, good luck to all four teams playing the semifinals, and we'll see you for episode six really soon. Yep. Thank you so much, and always uh, tune in to our next episode. But until then, uh, thank you for listening, and that will be it for now.